Let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 4, please. John chapter 4. I said to my wife today, I said, it's raining. Um, there won't be that many out. They'll be, they'll be tired anyway. I said, so let's not go anything too heavy. So it'll be pretty, you know, when I say light tonight, I, it won't be anything heavy. I mean that, uh, you know, it'll be an important truth, but I'm okay for you to just uh, relax and listen a little bit. I, um, John chapter 4, let's read two verses and then I'll give you a few simple things. I want to show you a few pictures in a moment. Nothing heavy. Verse 35. Uh, Say not ye, there are yet four months, then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Of course, Jesus was talking to his own uh, disciples and was, was beginning the process of asking them to look beyond where they were already looking. You understand, when they started out, they started out following him and then I think came to a belief or, or maybe some had it in the beginning that he was the Messiah. And what they were looking for was that the Jews were going to establish their earthly kingdom. And uh, so uh, there wasn't an immediate correction of that thinking, but it, it came sort of progressively and I think their understanding came. Uh, but what was going to happen was that they were going to be instrumental in getting the gospel out across the whole world. Now, they didn't go to everywhere in the world, and some of them didn't go far, but some did. But uh, they took a massive mindset change uh, that I don't think they would have known was going to happen. And uh, this here, Jesus with the uh, Samaritan woman and, uh, and the disciples come back, and, and uh, my understanding as I read that is, is I don't think it was literal harvest time. I, I think if you look to the fields at that time, at that place, that every farmer knew it's coming in a few months. But I think what he was saying to them was, you know, he was, it was sort of using an earthly parallel to address an eternal truth. He was saying, don't, 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 say, don't say that uh, yet four months, uh, because actually there's already a harvest waiting now. And it was like, don't just say, you know, I know literally you, you're thinking that, but but actually think a different way, that actually there's a harvest of souls uh, waiting to be reached uh, right now. And I think as we come close to the Lord's return, and look, mo most Bible believers in many churches across many groups uh, tonight are convinced of the same thing, that very soon the Lord Jesus is coming back. Uh, Franklin Graham talks about it all the time. You know, he's not us, but he talks about it all the time. Uh, there are Pentecostal churches in Australia that are talking about this, that are saying to their people, uh, it's no doubt he's going to be here soon. I think, I think people who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them uh, are coming to that awareness. And I, I think we can see what the world can't see. 
Uh, we, we, we look at it and we think, how can they be so blind? Uh, how, how can the Western world be in such a race of its own destruction? Uh, it feels like we're living in Rome again. You know, we, we laugh at them because we, we, we laugh at emperors that fiddled while their city was burning. And yet we're fiddling with minor issues while the whole nation's ablaze. And, and, you know, I was saying to someone the other day, issues of national security. Most Aussies don't even know what national security is. And most Aussies believe that nothing is ever going to happen here. You know, no, nothing will ever change. It's always, it's always going to be like this. They don't understand. It was only a couple of generations before we were on the cusp of being wiped out. And, uh, and you know, they, they, but they're not being taught that in the universities. And they're not being taught that in the schools. And they don't understand it. And so, so they're repeating, they're, they're, they're creating an environment where everything's about to blow. But I really believe that the Lord is still saying to us, I want you to be about what matters to the end. And I want you to be about reaching souls. And I want you to be out, out there trying to get people, win people to Christ and I believe that every Christian uh, just needs to do your part in that process. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody's meant to go to another place. <clears throat> I don't believe that. Uh, it doesn't mean everybody's meant to be in ministry. I, I don't believe that. But I want you just to ask yourself, are you, are you doing your part? You know, are, you, are you praying prayers that you could pray uh, about the lost, about missionaries? Are you supporting missions? You know, supporting missions ought to be a personal conviction. Uh, some churches, you hear about missions more than others, but really it ought to be a personal conviction. Are you supporting missions? Uh, are, are, you, are, you, are you doing what you can do to, to do what the Lord would have us all to do? So I, that's kind of what these verses are talking about. Now, I was thinking today, and this was a little bit odd, and, uh, but, you know, if God is leading me in something, I get over the odd part pretty quick. Because it's just worked out so many times, I find out later. I'm so glad I followed that because that truly was of the Lord. And I felt, I felt today uh, that I was to mention to you tonight about Burma. And as you know, I'm, I'm not in Burma, I'm in Thailand, but that neighbours uh, Burma. And uh, I felt for some time uh, that Burma is really wide open and really ready to go uh, and that some people need to go to Burma. And I really, now I was up there recently, uh, a year ago, recently, pre-COVID, uh, and I was just there for a few days, but it just confirmed what I'd already believed about Burma. And, uh, and so I, I, I don't have, a, I'd I would like to show you slides of this is what life, but I really didn't take any when I was up there. Uh, but Burma and Thailand have some connections and, uh, and I'll, I'll sort of show you that a little bit. If we can go to the first slide. I have like 12 and they're not, they're not much, but that's just a map. And so you can see Thailand down there on the right and then uh, Burma, Myanmar. So the Thais say, the Thais pronounce it Pama. So if you say Burma, they'll go, what, where? But it's Pama. And then uh, some people will say Myanmar. But that's, that's, that's how it's pronounced. So you can see... Uh, Burma's up there. And have a look at the geography. You know, just, just, just work it out a little bit. There's Thailand and, and uh, Laos, and Vietnam's over there. And then you hit the water and China up there. And over there to our left is, uh, is Burma. And then you see the border along there with uh, 
a part of India and then Bhutan and you can see all, all that over there. So, so Burma has a population of about 60 million, it's, 50, it's it, high 50s, so, so about 60 million people. Uh, in comparison, Thailand's now around 70. So uh, the capital of Burma, uh, Yangon or Yangon, depending you know, who says it, uh, is about uh, 8 million people there. So if I was going to plant a church in Burma, I would be locating in the capital or one of the larger cities. So you don't have to go out and go into the sticks. You don't have to move into a village where you've got no resources. Uh, you can get around one of the larger cities and uh, there's the openness that is there is, is the younger people. So, so the right person uh, would have to learn the language and then, and then live there and the young people, which are numbered in their millions, 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 there's millions of them, so university age and, and above, and they are very open now to lots of other things. And uh, I really believe somebody could reach a lot of those people and really have a successful uh, ministry up there. And how it works on the mission field is you have to reach some people yourself. So when you're the first one in there, you, you normally you don't have anybody you go to. You, have, you, you start off with nothing. And that's, that's a very difficult phase. And uh, you've got to try to form relationships as a stranger uh, and as someone who everyone knows is a stranger. But then you, if you win some people to Christ, uh, the Lord grants that fruit. Then as that builds up, then they will start to win people as well. And I really think that it's a place that, that is just really open to people going in and, and great things can happen there. Now, Australia has one missionary in there, Peter Kim, who's a Korean, and uh, he was pastoring in Australia for a while. Uh, he's, just as I was thinking about this, I was with Suzanne this morning, I said, yeah, it's really odd. I feel like I'm just meant to talk, just mention Burma to them. And I thought, no. Nah. And I said it out loud, I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. That's wacky. I'm not. And then she said, oh, oh, Peter Kim's prayer letters then. And I said, oh, read it to me. And so, uh, you know, she read it out and then I felt like the Lord just say, no, no, you're, you're meant to do this. Now, I don't know why, but I just, I just felt the need to mention it. So the relationship between Burma and Thailand is sort of a complicated one. If you go to the next slide, uh, this, this is an old... Uh, this map. Basically, what you have, the, the lines... So you can see the line above the city, Chiang Mai. The lines represent the current borders but the colours represent how it was uh, a couple of hundred years ago. And so there have been long-standing historical wars between Thailand and Burma for like a long time. And Thais generally uh, have a, how do you say it? They maybe have a certain grudge against Burmese people because the history is that the, the grandest, glorious days of Thailand uh, we're in this era. The capital of Thailand did not used to be Bangkok. The capital used to be a city called Ayutthaya. And Ayutthaya was the, was the they said that it was just the crowning glory. It was what Solomon's Jerusalem was to Israel. Ayutthaya was to the whole region. It was rich, uh, beautiful gold temples, uh, lavish, uh, uh, known everywhere. And the Burmese came down 
in the uh, 1700s and, and made their way all the way down from the north there. So they came to Chiang Mai and the north is now in, is, is part of Thailand as is Lampang, which is just after that. Can you see that up the top there? And then, so they came down from the north and, uh, and then they also, you know, they came in, they, actually it was three armies made their way down and they came down to that T-A-K is pronounced dark, which is, is about mm, three hours from Nakhon Sawan. And Dak is on the current Burmese border. So if you go to Thailand today, you can drive there and you can cross over to Burma. Suzanne's had to do it, Curtis has had to do it. There's a bridge there. So they came down to there and then they moved across to Sukhothai and then Pisinaluk. Can you see that on the right? Pisinaluk is where Joe was born. So he was born in Pisinaluk. And then they came down to Kampung Pet, which is there. And so Pisinaluk, Kampung Pet are about an hour from Nakhon Sawan. And so the last place they had to conquer in the north was Nakhon Sawan. And Nakhon Sawan is, is, is about up there. We see where those two rivers merge, just under Kampung Pet with a red line. That's, that's Nakhon Sawan. So they conquered Nakhon Sawan. There's a monument in Nakhon Sawan still there today. And uh, I, if I've got nothing to do, sometimes I'll go out there. And it's just sitting there in a, a stone built, built back that recognises the, the fight that took place there. So they came down and they basically devastated the place. They decimated a UTR. Can you go to the next slide? And that's, if you go to a UTR now, it's ruins. And you might think, oh, that's really beautiful. As far as ruins go, it is. But, but it used to be a thriving, rich city. So when the Thais go to a UTIA, their mind goes to, you destroyed our capital. You, you took everything. Uh, if you go to the next slide. So that's just kind of how a UTIA would look now if you went to, I have been there. It, it's accessible from Bangkok, it's not far. And so what happened was the Thais had to leave a UTIA that fled. Uh, they were decimated and they went and reformed their capital on the river, which is now Bangkok. So they have a complicated relationship. Uh, eventually they won back all their territory and now a lot of Burmese work in Thailand but they do the jobs that Thais don't want to do. So they pump fuel, they work in factories. Uh, they, I mean Thais do the, some of those jobs too but they just do the stuff that and they're paid a lesser wage and so, so they're kind of there uh, but if you go to the next slide. So this is the trip that I took up there and I didn't have many pictures to show you, but what I did, I wanted to take Joe and O because they never wanted to go to Burma. Now, it's, it's the neighbouring, right? It's, it was a one-hour flight from Bangkok to Yangon, and they never wanted to go. So when I told them we're going up to Burma, they were like, I don't want to go to Burma, and do you know what Burmese people did to us? And I said, I know. And, and if you look at the people who were boarding on the plane, there were some Burmese Muslim people on the plane. I mean, it was, I was looking around myself like, okay, this will be interesting. But uh, uh, I wanted them to go up there because I wanted, I wanted the Lord to open their eyes to the situation there. Because what happens when we come to Christ, uh, our prejudice should be purged away. And uh, what, we, what we should do, we, we, should look, we should see people have the Lord sees people. And that takes some process, but as the Lord controls more of your life and your thinking, you start to look at people that way. Do you understand that? 
But that, as the Holy Spirit, as God, the more you let God rule in you, that you'll start to look at people that way. So I wanted to take them up there because as part of their growth, I wanted them to see what was going up there. So we went up, next slide, and uh, that was me teaching in a house. So what happens on the mission field, if you get up to a mission field, is usually uh, you'll start having a meeting in an area somewhere. This was a fairly poor area. Uh, and you just start trying to reach people and you might do this. You might have a meeting in someone's house, maybe on a Sunday afternoon. So that might be how you'll start to do church. Now, now the, the lead into that is to get to that, the vehicles could not get in all the way. So they had to stop out about 300 yards away from there, maybe, maybe half a kilometre. And uh, why, because there's hardly any road. So then you walk in, you're walking in over mud and water and rocks and people are coming out and looking. I'm trying to tell you what it, the reality of when you're out there, what happens. And uh, this is interesting as a visit, but when you're the missionary, you're doing this every week. You, this is how you do ministry. You get to the building, power might be on or it might not be on. And if it's on, you know, there's no air conditioning. There was no air conditioning in that building. So what, what the, the guy standing up like that, that's actually Brother Mansell Yusuf, pastoring faith. The reason he was doing that, the picture doesn't show it, he had a fan in his hand and he was doing this because my shirt was soaked, my hair was soaked, my, it was just so hot in that building. And, uh, and, and I had the ties there and we were talking to people about Christ and they'd, uh, people had come in, go to the next slide. And uh, you can see that's the back of the building, that was O sitting there. Uh, the white on the face of the Burmese people, people say, what does the white mean? It's actually just sunscreen. They just put it on to block out the effects of the sun. It has no religious meaning. It looks a bit odd, but that's, they, they use mud because they can't afford to buy, you know, they can't go to the chemist and buy what you buy. So that was the back of the building. Next. And then we got the place where we had Joe stand up and give his testimony how he had been a Buddhist before and most, most of the Burmese there are Buddhist. And so now they're going to hear from someone who looks like them, uh, who, who has come out of the background that they had. And, you know, they listened when I preached, but actually when he got up there, there was a real hush. It, it was like they were really fixated on wanting to hear the story they communicate to each other. They tell stories about their lives and, and, that, and so they know how to relate to each other. And so Joe got up there and he told his story of uh, how he came to Christ. He doesn't speak Burmese, so the man standing beside him was translating. So Joe, Joe was speaking uh, English and then the, the, the guy was doing Burmese. So uh, there was that very, very hot. Uh, there was no wind coming through. It, it smelled a bit. It, it was very third world. Next. Um, this was another place where we went, and these were some young, younger people who had uh, were closer into the city. Can you see they're dressed a bit differently? And so it's just a little bit more of awareness now of you know what goes on in the rest of the world. They all have phones, they have internet. Um, they're much more in touch with what's out there. And this, this, these, these people, uh, are, that's a good age group to target. So, so what I'm telling you is there's millions of people up there and there is just hardly any missionaries. 
it's worse than Thailand. Now, Thailand has, has, has you know, not enough, but it has many missionaries, but, but most of them don't really have churches or works. They, that's just the truth. They, there's not a lot to see despite the numbers. Uh, but up there, they, there's just no one. And it's wide open. Now, you know, don't go tomorrow because they're shooting each other on the streets right now, okay? So what, what, that, what that's about, don't, 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 don't worry too much about I mean, it's not, it's pray for them, but, but this is not uncommon in the world. Since I've been in Thailand, I've gone through three military coups. So, so it's not, it's sort of shocking for us, but it's not, it does happen up there. And it's, it's, it is particularly bad up there. People are dying and it is sad, but, but this will calm down. And it'll find another level of uh, order. And when you go in as a missionary, you don't care who the government is. You understand? If it's a military government and life's going on, who cares? You're not there to... You're there to win people to Christ. If you can get in, you don't worry about that. If it's back to a civilian government, whatever, you know. Corrupt is corrupt anyway. I mean, whatever, whatever. You just... You don't worry too much about that. You're not there for that. So, so there's a real... There's a tremendous opportunity in Burma. And I, 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 look, if I was younger and I wasn't called to where I'm called, there'd be a real strong pull in my life to go to Burma and to do something. You can live okay there. Um, you, can, you can start church. You're a one-hour flight from the Thai capital. You can get out if you need to. You know, it's not, you're not isolated to the point that, you know, you know, the natives are going to run off with your kids or something like that. You can do life okay, but you could have a powerful impact. And I don't know if there's anyone here who's meant to hear that, or maybe, maybe it won't be anyone here. It could be, but it could be someone who'll listen to this at a later point. I'm not sure. But I really believe God wanted me to talk to you about Burma tonight and just, just put it out there and just let you know uh, that uh, the, the need is there, um, the Burmese are different to Thais. In fact, when they get saved, they tend to be even more active than Thais are. They, they're very, they're, they're, I don't say they're naturally aggressive, they're naturally uh, very go-get-it, you know. So, so when they get saved, they get really in. I mean, they'll be at every service, they'll be wanting to serve, they'll be, they'll be wanting to give their whole life into this thing. So there's 60 million people up there, hardly any missionaries. Peter Kim, our Australian missionary, is now in Korea. He's out because of the turmoil. So let's, at least as a minimum, uh, pray that uh, God would send someone to Burma. And maybe, you know, if, you, if, if you're sitting here and you're kind of thinking about how you're living your life and what's your life adding up to and what's it counting for, you know, there's a need over there. And uh, I'm not saying it'd be easy, but, but there's a need, there's a real need. And if God, if God would permit you to go or would speak to you about going, you know, don't, don't just bat that away. Because it could be that you would live an okay life here, but you might go somewhere like that and you'll live a great life. You'll, you'll, actually, you'll actually see great things happen for God that you'll be so glad you went. I have no regret about going where we are. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, in fact, I have no regret of serving God all my life. It's, it's all been good. You know, ask me on a given day and it doesn't feel good sometimes. But, but looking at the overall, you know, God never leads you to less. It, it would be a great life for someone. So, you know, pray about that. Uh, you know, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would maybe send someone up there, that those people could be reached um, you know, if you're interested in Burma, do what I do with Thailand. One of the things I do is, is, is the first thing I did before I even went to Thailand, I had a map of Thailand. Was there any more pictures or is that the last? There's two. What were they? Probably just more of the... You can change it. Okay. And then the next one. And that was just a bit out from that meeting. Um, one of the things I did when I, before I went to Thailand is I got a map... I suggest you buy a map. If you're interested in a place or you're interested in Asia, buy a map. I know you can screen one and you can all of that, but there's something about laying it out and just being able to look at it and, and see the whole picture at once of what is there. And uh, it was when I had a map of Thailand on my desk uh, at home, is I saw this little city called Nakhon Sawan. And I had, no, I was, I, the, God knows I was not planning on going to Thailand. And I don't even know why, but Nakhon Sawan leapt out of, that, out of the whole map. And I remember uh, putting it in the computer and looking up, you know, what, what, what is it, Nakhon Sawan? So get a map, have a look at it, uh, notice the cities, notice the names. If something interests you, look it up. Because it's not going to hurt your education anyway to just, to just know. Doesn't, none of this hurts you. It just increases your understanding of, of what's around. You know, Brother Anger used to go around and point out a lot of this stuff. He's dead now. And so, you know, he used to motivate people to go to the mission. Brother Anger was an unusual person and, you know, had, uh, you know, extremes of character, shall we say. But God used him to motivate people to go to the mission field. And we don't have him around anymore. So, you know, get a map, have a look at it. And then what I do, I read books. So when Suzanne and I went down to Tasmania recently, uh, I, I stopped at any bookshops I found. And, uh, you know, I found some old books. This is what a book looks like, kids. And uh, so this is, uh, this is an old one. Uh, and it's all been written in. So this was probably, you know, it's, uh, it's very old. Early, early, uh, I have to look at it. It's early 1900s, I think. And um, it's called... Uh, well, let me give the description. The story of the China Inland Mission. So it's an old account. And look, look, it has, look at this. It has an old map in it. And so when I see stuff like that, I grab it because I'm going to immerse myself in understanding how God worked in China. And, 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 I, and it's a book and it'll have a man's perspective on it and it's old. But all this helps you to develop your vision and your understanding for the world that Christ gave himself for. Uh, and so, you know, get a map, get books. Here's another one I found. It's called The Renaissance in India by C.F. Andrews. And again, it's a really old one. And this tells about people who got one in India and, and mission work in India. And, so, and it's a, this, this is one I've got for Thailand. This is not an old one, but... So I'm reading all the time to try to understand the culture. And you can do this even if you're not a missionary. 
you know, you want to find out about something. It's, it's probably more productive than a lot of other stuff people are reading, let's face it. And uh, this is about the people of Islam. This is written by a Thai, but it's been translated into English. And so it's a Thai perspective about his life. And Islam's area that Joe and all his people come from, it tells his whole story. And in there is his feelings about home, about the fields, about mothers cooking, about life, weddings. And if you want to understand the culture, this is the stuff you do. And you immerse yourself in it. And then as you do that, you know, you're gaining understanding and education, but also sometimes God will touch your heart. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a good thing to do. So, you know, let's, we can all do that whether we're called or not, but let's, let's all pray about uh, Burma and uh, the other places. And I know there's still things, a lot to be done in Australia, but honestly, I look to Asia, the fields are ripe under harvest. Uh, we just... We just, you know, so I asked Paul and Laurel to sing that song. What's that song called? What's the actual name of it? Yeah, My House is Full, about, you know, how everybody wants to sit around the Father's table, but no one wants to go to the field. And I really like that song ministers to me because I feel it's so true. I feel like there's just people don't want to go anymore. And really, you know, you, you're planning a life that will be second best to the one God can give you if you're ignoring God's call about what to do. Does that make sense? The life that you think you're planning, that you think is going to be your best, will not be your best. The life that actually God wants you to do, whatever that is, that is your best, okay? So that's it, and I don't need to say much more than that, but let's just understand the fields are ripe under harvest. Uh, pray for the labourers. Uh, uh, maintain your personal support for missions, please, come what may. Uh, that's very important. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'm going to get down, but the, uh, the new appointee by Joe Biden for the US, uh, who is, in, is uh, in charge of all the Asia-Pacific region, uh, has an article in The Australian today. And if you read it, he says that, uh, it was, I think it was originally a Wall Street uh, Journal article, he says... If he, uh, Ocean Asia region. He said they're not going to withdraw. And he said, we have been active in the region for a long time. And you know one of the things he quotes in his argument about that? He says, missionaries. This is today. Today's Australian. He said, he said America has been sending missionaries into the fields all over Asia for a long time. And he said, this wasn't a government effort. This was done by ordinary people using their money to send missionaries out. And he said it's had a profound effect on America's engagement with Asian countries. It's resulted in Asian students coming back. It's resulted in... And he was saying that missionary engagement has been a very important part of their history. You know, it's funny in Australia, we talk about this stuff and you get howled down. And yet there are other places just acknowledge it as historical facts that missionaries have played an important role uh, in the world. All right, Pastor, thank you so much. God bless you.